Hey everyone, welcome to the shows, and I did say plural shows today. We're doing an interview that I will broadcast or release on my separate shows. So this will come out on the Stone Genius first, so if you catch it there, that's great. You may hear this at some point on the Roro Show with Steven as well. But today, I want to welcome to the show my first two-time guest, Catherine Owens. Hey, Catherine, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. How good. are you? I'm doing very well. So Catherine was on the show previously. She was on the Roro show with Steven and we talked about, she is a real estate agent. And do you want to tell everyone who the firm that you're with? Uh, Yes. So I'm a realtor with Compass Realty Group. Um, There's a team of us agents called Malfer and Associates that um, works for that brokerage. Yes. And so if you have any needs in the greater Kansas City area, I would highly recommend reaching out to Catherine. But that's not why she's on the show today. I brought her back because of an interesting fact I found out about her. You used to be a competitive Irish dancer, correct? I did back in the day. So let me ask this. What... There are so many things that I I didn't know, I guess, that that was a thing. I, I, I just didn't give it enough thought. I mean, I guess if someone would have said, hey, think about Irish dancing all day, at some point during that day it would have crossed my mind that there probably would have been competitions. But I'd never given that thought. So first of all, I guess, what is Irish dancing entail? Because all I can think about is Michael Flatley and the river dance. And that is that is Irish dancing, um, but it, it's Riverdance and Lord of the Dance, which were both um, choreographed by Michael Flatley. Those are a modernized, sexier version, you know, for for show and entertainment. Um, Irish dancing is so traditional that you don't see. It's basically that the competitive dance part of it is is so traditional and the way they've kept it traditional is to kind of keep it private and quiet. So you don't see Irish dance competitions televised. There was a Netflix special called um, Jig that was out. Gosh, that was probably eight years ago. Maybe I would, I could look it up, but it was really neat and it gives, um, it basically follows three or four different dancers through their experience at the world championships in Ireland. And if you, I mean, most people, it just blows their mind because they've never seen an Irish dance competition and how extremely serious and high pressure it is. Um, and really incredible, talented dancers. Well, let me, let me also ask this. I guess I need to back up. Are you of Irish descent? I'm not. So what, what, and I guess also what, what's the age frame that competitive dancing takes place overall? Like the age that you would enter and sometimes exit competitive dancing. And then what time, what was the time frame? Did you enter at those same age times or did you enter at a different earlier or later? Yeah, I would say that differs. Um, you know, there is a huge Irish community in Kansas City here. Um, so someone who kind of was born into uh, that Irish family, you know, who celebrates their heritage, um, they might start Irish dancing at a very young age, like, 
even four or five years old. Uh, kind of similar to other forms of dance, like some ballet dancers start right. when they're super, super yeah. young. Right. Um, but if you're not kind of already in that heritage, you have to discover it some other way. And um, how did you discover it then? Yeah, I, I actually... Um, my dad has always loved Celtic music. So Celtic is like Irish music. Um, he's always loved the instruments and, and he's always listened to it. And um, I came home from soccer practice when I was in fifth grade. So I was 11 and I was really into soccer, um, but I came home one night and my dad had PBS on and it was pledge week if you've ever watched pledge week they always like do a special feature i have a feeling a lot of people don't even know what a lot of the people that may listen don't even know what pbs is anymore yeah unfortunately public television station here in kansas city they do a lot of um sponsored stuff and they take donations and all that and usually it's educational or like um i don't know just some kind of good feel type of TV. right so, something that's, um, that's going to enrich or enhance your life it's not yeah yes. uh, something ed- yeah like you say educational so and that's how you saw it you in came the, home in the arts what's that so you came home and your dad had pbs on and yeah he was this was this was the the catalyst for your 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 career as a competitive irish dancer pbs <laughs> yes he was watching Pledge Week and Lord of the Dance was the featured thing that week. So they played it every single night on PB. Actually, I think they just played it on repeat like all day and all night. And then you call in and you donate money to the public television station. Um, so but wh- I just pl- I just plopped down in front of the TV and I there was this beautiful curly hair blonde gal named Bernadette Flynn. And she was the lead in the Lord of the Dance show um, back when it had first come out. And I just thought she was the most amazingly beautiful, talented dancer ever. And I just said, Dad, I want to be her. I mean, I just sat down in front of the TV and I didn't get up until it was over. And I just told my dad I want to do that. That's amazing. I don't think I've ever had that. I had done ballet like my parents put me and my sisters in just like basic ballet and tap um, when we were younger than that. So I kind of had already been exposed to just dancing and I enjoyed dancing, but I didn't, I didn't connect that heavily with specifically ballet or or tap. Um, So you're 11 and you're, I was like, man, that's, that's my thing. So what did your parents think? say when you when you told your dad like that's what i want to do that as you're all sweaty from soccer practice sitting down (laughs) watching this so here you are with your shin pads on and probably your cleats haven't been taken off and you're like i want to do that what did your dad yeah um he basically said well it just so happens that my boss's wife takes adult um group dancing lessons at the only school that exists here in Kansas city that teaches Irish dance. So I was going to ask how many places would actually, I, first of all, I'm not sure how many dance studios are left in, in the greater Kansas city. And then I was going to add, so it's only, there's only one place that even teaches that. There back when I started, there okay. was just one place and we'll probably, I won't jump forward, but I'm guessing we'll get 
still into more of like the history of Irish dance itself. Yes. Um, but there is a governing body, long story short. And so um, Irish dance teachers have to go through a licensing process with that governing body of Irish dance. You have to be qualified to teach it. And that is how they preserve the tradition of the movements. Um, that's how Irish dancing pretty much stays relatively the same um, over time. So and, they're, and they're very strict with that, then I assume, to keep it and adhere to those traditions. Yes. So um, Christine O'Riada, she was the only licensed dance teacher in Kansas City Metro at that time. That was 97 or 98. And my dad's boss's wife happened to just be taking classes for fun as like a 50 50 year old 55 year old lady um and so he's like well i happen to know where you could do that and he said but um at some point you're gonna have to decide between soccer and dance you can't you can't do it all so he let me start taking classes i started in october which was late in the, their little um season right that they <clears throat> registered dancers for classes um but i popped in there and um did you have to try out or anything or was this no you just okay. pay okay <laughs> you pay to go take your your classes and um i mean to me when i've seen it and i will say that i have not watched a lot of irish dancing if i was a better producer I would probably have done a lot more research on Irish dance. I mean, I've seen, and I don't think my legs work that way. I mean, I literally look at that. And I'm not, I'm like, I don't think I could do that. And maybe it's my age or my wobbly knees that have been operated on many times or my fake knee. It could be a number of things, but I look at that and I just, I, I don't understand how the legs work. That and twerking. I don't understand either one of those things. How how, how you <laughs> yeah. make I, your body parts do those things. I think Irish dance probably um, prevented me from learning other body movements such as twerking. So I can't so twerk. When I've watched it in the past, for people that may be listening to this that are not familiar, it seems to me that the upper body... As I remember, it seems to be more of a lower body. There seems to be the the upper body seems to be more static. Am I correct in that, or am I misremembering what I've seen, or have I been yes. watching the wrong videos? The correct traditional way is that your arms are at your sides, kind of along like your hip bones. Okay, um, and that's what I remember. Are, yeah, your hands are in fists, and your shoulders are back. You have really high posture, and you're neck and your head stay facing forward are your hands and fists because you you're so angry that you have to keep such good posture that you just make a fist so it's just natural. no it okay. keeps a clean look to okay. not have your fingers dangling see and that's another thing so if there are things that you want me or the audience to know about irish dancing please interject them because i'm not even sure i am fully qualified on the research that I've done to ask the correct questions about certain things. And one thing that I've noticed, I started watching a couple of documentaries lately, and one was, I think it's called Cheer. And then I forget the other one, but I never really, and our daughter was on a dance team. 
like a regular and I never gave it that much thought. I it was just like, well, they're dancers, they just come out and they dance. I mean, I never gave it thought. On Irish dancing, is it generally as an individual or is it a as a team? So when you're doing your competitive Irish dance, or is it both that you can be a part of a team and as an individual? It can be both. Okay. And how did you compete as an individual or both? Or is both. it both? Both. Okay. Um, yeah, you're taught kind of both ways when you start. Um, Did you prefer one over the other? Oh, yeah. I, pre- I preferred solo dancing. Is that because you don't have to worry about those other saps keeping up with you? No, it's because the group dancing was kind of boring. Like, you're just really skipping around in different lines and circles and formations, and you're weaving in and out of each other. There's no... There's no real like specific leg movements that you're doing besides just a few things. Um, solo dancing, you're doing all kinds of different moves and you're flying around the stage and, you know, different rhythms and all of that. So now did most people do both or were there ones that prefer or do you know? Did it, most, were, pe- most people did both. Okay. Um, you know, the group dancing goes back to the original tradition of how Irish dancing came about. So for a teacher who, I mean, she lives and breathes the Irish heritage and her, her job and her, her license with the Irish Dance Commission expects her to, to teach the heritage and tradition of all of that. She, she expects you to be involved in the group dances because that is part of the, you know, historical story of Irish dance. So do you know to do, do you know whether the instructors have to be of Irish descent? Cuz I will tell you what what was it? They uh, don't. They don't cuz Bernadette Flynn that sounds like an Irish name. That is an Irish. That I mean if someone Irish. said, "Hey, what, what what do you think?" I would be Irish maybe. So that is a very Irish name. I would So There's certainly a lot of Irish and Scottish um and English people who do Irish dance, it it originally was bigger over there, obviously. But um, when Michael Flatley brought it to, you know, Michael Flatley's from Chicago. Oh, I did not know that. um, When he brought Riverdance and Lord of the Dance over here, it became huge. I mean, that's when Irish dance blew up here and it's still really big right now. Let's see. Kansas City has, I think, at least four Irish dance schools now. Now. And so that's been in the last 20 years that that's changed, one to four? Uh, the last. Somewhere in there? 15 years. Yeah. 15 years, yeah. I mean, that's good. That's good growth because I would have, if someone would have asked me if the number of studios would have been growing or decreasing, because since the Michael Flatley. I don't want to call it 15 minutes of fame, but it seemed like it was everywhere. You couldn't turn on the TV without a commercial of them coming to Kansas City to perform or that you can buy their VHS taper. You know, it it seemed like I saw it a lot and I don't see that as much. So that's 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 interesting to hear because I would have probably guessed the other if someone asked me. Yeah, Michael Flatley is one of those people that. Just. The show without him is not the same. So once he retired, his last, um, let's see, his final big show was 
um, specially named and it was called Feet of Flames. And it had, it was basically Lord of the Dance. It had a lot of numbers from the Lord of the Dance show, but then he did some special edition dances that he threw in there. He did a lot more musical performances. He actually plays the flute. Um, and uh, it was kind of his special, like, goodbye Farewell. performance. Yeah. Um, and then the show continued touring after that. But, I mean, it's just Michael Flatley is Michael Flatley. Right. And it's just not the same without him. Right. So, in do you think that that will suffer or and when did you say he retired? How long has it been? I want to say he retired actually not that long after I started dancing. Probably like between 2000 and 2005 he retired. So so the growth of the studios was not necessarily Related to him. That's why I was wondering whether there may be now that Michael Flatley's out of the picture, but if he's been out of the picture that long and now there's four studios here, then that's, that's not an issue. So that's nice to see that that's, that's learning because I will tell you until you mention that, that you did Irish dancing, like I said, I would have never even, I don't know why I wouldn't have thought of that. I used to play competitive dodgeball. We played twice in Chicago in the national championships. And when I tell people that they give me the same exact blank look, like that's an actual thing. I thought that was just a movie. So I totally knew you did that. I could have guessed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yep. That's that's um, so. So well, you started so generation of the generation of dancers that I was dancing with when I first started the three of them are owning or are owners of um, dance schools here. Oh, now. so that so you, that's, that's been the expansion. So I know all of them. My friend Bridget owns one. Um, Joseph actually took over the Orieta school after our uh, teacher passed away. She passed away. Uh, gosh, I don't, and maybe, man, I don't even remember how long ago she passed away. She was a chain, chain smoker um and had some lung issues um so after she passed away joseph and a gal named emily took over the school and it was um then it was called orieta mccarty manning and then emily split off and she started her own and joseph is now orieta manning and then my friend bridget owns the Driscoll School of Irish Dance. Now, so on each one of those schools, do they only do Irish dance? Like at that school, yes. that's the, okay. So there, so if someone, because this is just a question of me being, it, I always tell people this, just because I'm a genius doesn't mean I know everything. And so this is one of the things that if someone is a, an Irish dancer, they, it, it, oh, wow, I just really knocked my microphone there. But it, they don't really, they're really focused or specialized on Irish dancing. Yeah. Is that, okay. Okay. Mm, yeah. Okay. I didn't, because I don't know a, a, a lot about, you know, the, the dance world. I'm trying to uh, uh, learn. Now, how much time, so you, I guess I'm jumping around here. 11 years old is when you started this. You saw this on PBS and you started taking classes. How old were the other people Mostly. Were they older, younger, the same age that you entered a um, class with? Yeah, they they kind of 
grouped people like the classes were organized at different times of the day so i was in like the under 12 group um beginner level so we were all just starting out and most of us were relatively you know within two or three years in age and how hard so we, was it to pick that up do you think that it would have been easier to pick up at an earlier age or do you think that where you started you were you were fine i'm one of those people where i really thrive with just the things that i seem to kind of pick up naturally right um maybe that's how everybody is but you know i don't play golf because i it didn't come naturally. And so it frustrates the hell out of me. So now I don't, I don't even try to play golf, Right. <laughs> but Irish, so the, dance, the Irish um, dancing came naturally. naturally to me. I think I picked up on the music, the rhythms and all of that very quickly. And, um, you have to learn a lot from just watching, you know, they're demonstrating what you're supposed to do with your feet and your ankles and making these noises. And you have to mimic that and the detail that goes into that is pretty intricate but i was able to just pick it up from just visually you know watching the teacher so i moved up in levels very rapidly rapidly yeah quicker than most yeah and i loved it and i was constantly practicing at home i we put a board down on the floor so i could practice and then my dad even later when I reached championship level um, competitions, he built me a stage in the basement. We had an unfinished basement. So he built me like a plywood platform down there that I could practice on. So it was practice, practice, practice. I was addicted to it. So I ha- so you started 11. You're still, you still have your soccer career going on. How long before you gave up soccer? I, I want to say it was probably only a year that I Did had both. them combined. And then my parents were pretty adamant that was it even a hard choice at that point no it wasn't mm-hmm. so did you so was there any benefit of now i guess i'm just making an assumption that your dancing always is done indoors did that did, did you like the fact that it was a Less volatile, like, you know, soccer is one of those sports you're going to play and outside of lightning, you're going to play. And that's one thing I hated about. So I also hated soccer because there seemed to be a lot of just standing around depending on what position you played and where the ball was at. So when you gave up soccer, you didn't have any second thoughts that, you know, maybe I, I like that competitive nature. Soccer wasn't really an art. Um, and that's how you see the dancing. See, and that's one thing, I mean, to you, to someone that's on the outside, because I'm not involved with it, I understand that it's an art, but you, for me, you have to mention that also, because I will forget that because to me, it's not. So that's not how my mind is processing this. So you like the art form part of it. Yeah. The creative part of it, um, you know, soccer, you're running and kicking a ball, and certainly that soccer players can have some fancy footwork, but you're not choreographing a dance with music, rhythm, and all of that. So, 
So do you choreograph or all the dances because it's a traditional dance? Are they pretty much choreographed and you're just having to show how well you can do them? Or are you having to choreograph a new dance, but using traditional moves? Um, both. So there's, there's dances that are called set dances, S E T set dances. Um, you learn those once you hit a certain level because they're pretty intricate and complicated. Um, but those set dances have basically been passed through generations of, of Irish dancing, just years and years and years. And the movements are all have been kept the same the entire time. And each dance has a name. Um, trying to think of one of the the reason i ask is was the blackbird and that was a set dance that you learned and you but but when everyone dances it you're dancing the same thing you don't make up your own movements to that those are set dances very traditional then there's then there's music that just has a certain rhythm and those have names like there's a jig you've heard of an irish jig that the the jig is just referring to the rhythm of the music that's played. So it could be a different song, but kind of with the same rhythm to it. Right. Um, and that's a jig and I could choreograph my own jig as long as my, as long as the sound and the movements matched with the rhythm generally or complemented the rhythm then I could do anything I wanted. So, so if you wanted there, to include a twerk or two in there, you could have included a twerk or two. <laughs> Not in competition. Oh, okay. okay. But I did, uh, after I actually retired from competitions, which was, my, I think it was my senior year in high school, I started having a little too much fun outside of that. And um, then I kind of just stopped practicing. And then I started struggling at competition. And then I just decided, hmm. Am I going to be a world championship Irish dancer and be in one of these shows? Probably not. So, so when did you start com- competing? In, what age were you? How long had you been? So you started at 11, sometime in your 11th year here on earth. Mm-hmm. How long, what, 12, 13, how long until you started competing? Uh, probably only a few months. Really? So, and do they have levels? Like you had said that you were kind of with a beginner group and they, and they grouped you kind of with your skill level and you moved up quickly, but are competitions also segregated into beginners or age? They are. Okay. So you're only competing against lack of a better term, your weight class, people that are similarly, I guess, trained as you are at that point. Correct. And then there had to be at least, I think it was either 10 or 12, um, dancers in a competition group and as long as there were at least 10 or 12 then if you placed first second or third then you were able to move up levels in that specific dance so if i was competing in the in the light jig which is a jig that and you're wearing like the ballet slipper looking things Uh Um, if I'm doing the light jig and I place first, second, or third in beginner level, then the next competition I go to, I compete at the advanced beginner level in the jig. And then if I place there, then I go to intermediate 
the next competition. Now, these, comp- up up these competitions, how frequently do they happen and where are they located? I do know, and you'd mentioned earlier, Kansas City does have a large Irish community. I believe that our parade, well, we've had the St. Patrick's Day parade. We haven't the last couple of years, I think. But when it is, I believe it's the second or third largest behind like Boston and maybe Boston and Chicago. But it's one of the large. So we do have a very, so because of that, were there more competitions locally or were you having to travel to competitions? Uh, we had no competitions locally wow. uh, during my entire dance career um now, who puts on i guess they should, who puts on who would sponsor what would make a competition happen most of the time it's the dance parents or just members of the dance school and their families and other supporters kind of just getting together to organize it and then okay. you have to um submit an application to the irish dance commission get it approved because you have to run your competition a certain way. They have to see a syllabus for it. And um, so it, it just, it takes a, a village of volunteer, like, yeah, parents and dancers to right. kind of just put all that together and then you get it approved. They'll only approve so many um, on each weekend of the year. That way, you know, that you're not competing with each other to right. get dancers to come to yours. So it has to all match up. And then if you get approved for one, then you get to run one. And then that's, you figure out how to do that. So I've actually been involved in that. You've um, been involved in, last... in creating competitions as well? Yes. Um, I mentioned that some of the, the dancers I grew up dancing with own their own schools now. And so Bridget Driscoll, um, who owns the Driscoll School of Irish Dance, I'll give her another shout out. Uh, I've been very involved with her school since she started up. Um, it was fun because we were doing kind of just, we were finding little ways that we could do performances around the area, which made it a lot more, um, lighthearted and fun and kind of just brought dance back into my life after I had quit for a few years. Like where, where were you doing performances? (laughs) Um, all around, she would find different functions um, that were looking for that. Of course, around St. Patrick's Day, like. So, what was the most the- fun function that you all did? Oh gosh, the most fun. The most enjoyable. Uh, when you left, well, regardless of whatever happened, you left that function, and that ended up being the most fun. What was that function? We we did perform at the Kansas City Irish Fest. Um, and then we. So were you? So West. did you feel? Did you have more? Because it's the Irish Fest, and I know that's a big thing here in Kansas City. Did you find more butterflies in your stomach beforehand, or were you like, "I got this, I'm good"? Or was that more when you did the Irish Fest? Was that like this is a oh, big I, stage? I here. loved it. I loved it because it was just a group of like. I think it was 10 or 12 of us retired dancers got together. We choreographed the entire show. I mean, it was like, no, I never was a world championship Irish dancer. And so I never was recruited to do river dance or Lord of the dance, but I still got to kind of make my own little show. So um, that was really fun. And we did some, we kind of did some modern flair with it too. Um, twerking. We, incorpor- we incorporated some modern dance into it. No twerking. You, I watch a lot of videos that have twerking in them. If you if you haven't understood this at this point, so that's why I'm trying to in, in, inject. I'm catching on. Yeah, that, so twerking should be, I don't understand it. I don't get how bodies work like that. 
but whatever. And I don't – here, I'm going to ask a question, and I this may be my lack of knowledge as well, but I'm only thinking mid-shin down. So I'm thinking about feet. Is Irish dancing in – and I have not seen this, what I'm going to mention, in, how old am I, 54? I probably have not seen this in 45 years, since I was around 10-ish. But clogging, when my parents, my grandparents lived in North Carolina, they took me to see clogging. And the only thing I remember about clogging was they wore wood shoes, but it seemed like it was very, they were very straight on the upper body, like Irish dancing, that they, they seemed to hold that line and everything was done knee down. Are yes, you... there's definitely some similarities between clogging and Irish dance. Okay, there are. Okay, because I didn't know if I was misremembering that because I remember it was Asheville, North Carolina, and I couldn't have been more than 10. So this would have been mid-70s. And I remember seeing clogging, and I remember those were the two things. It didn't look like they were moving except for their feet, and they had wood shoes on. But when you were talking about and when I, I started thinking about Irish dancing, it seems like it's very similar in the presentation that it's done. Yeah. Irish dancing, um, kind of the, the key points that you're supposed to remember and and basically do when you're doing the movements is your feet are always supposed to be crossed one over the other. So when your right foot's in front, it's kind of crossed over your left foot in the back. Um, so you're always supposed to have crossed feet. I don't think that See, that's, and that's something that I wouldn't even thing in clogging. when you mention that I can now picture that when I've, I've been watching videos, I have done some research for this show. But when I've watched it, I now that you mention that, I, I, I noticed that, it, but I didn't notice it when I was watching, that the foot was in front. I mean, that crossed over. But I yeah, can totally notice it now. It's all front to back crossover. Huh. See, and that's one thing that's cool because then you go in, like, I, I mentioned the, the Netflix show Cheer earlier, that I wish I would have watched that before – my daughter, our oldest, was on a dance team because looking back at it, I think I watched the shows incorrectly. I didn't know what exact. I was always just watching her instead of watching the show. And I think that sometimes when you watch a dancer in the Irish dance form, whether it's you as a single competitor or it's as a group, I, I didn't really know what I was watching. And so now that you mention that, I t- I won't be able to unsee that. Now every time I, I see that again, Irish dance, I'll see the foot crossed over. But until you, that's cool that you mention that, and that, I like that stuff when well, when something it'll clicks. Just add to your add to your genius status when you're telling people, oh yeah, see how they cross their feet. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I would definitely do that. So you do know me. So how many competitions did you? perform in during your oh, career wow. or ballpark i mean i it, yeah well, an I oh wow means there's a lot so how many would you ballpark so let's see i danced from 98 to 2005 so seven years and i probably did five or six competitions per year 
So yeah, probably somewhere between 30 and 40 competitions. Wow. And how were all of those both as an individual and a team or were some of those competitions one or the other? Yeah. So when you, so at a competition, I would probably be entered in as many as um, like eight to 10 different events at the competition. So I would be entered in a couple group dances, maybe, uh, maybe a group dance with four of us and then a group dance with eight of us. And that's called a forehand and then an eight hand that just tells you how many people are in the group dance. Um, I do that and you do that. That's usually in the morning, the day of competition, you do that. And then you go on to your solo competitions and you do all of the stuff in, I'm going to give you a term. They're called gillies, G-H-I-L-L-I-E-S. Hold on. The black ballet slippers. Okay. G-H-I-L-L-I-E-S. Okay. Um, so those are called the light dances. Those are your light, your, they're called soft shoes, um, the ballet shoes. So you would do your light dances, which there'd be about three of those. There's the reel, the jig, and the slip jig. And that's, those names are just based off of the rhythm of the music. Um, and then you would do your hard shoe dances. And those are where you're wearing the tap shoes. The tap shoes are different from modern uh, dance tap shoes. Modern dance tap shoes have like aluminum tips on the toe and the heel. And Irish dance shoes have a bit of plastic on the heel. Um, and then the front is actually fiberglass and it's much thicker. And that's why it makes a heavier, thud, different, different sound than a regular tap shoe. So those are called hard shoes. And so my hard shoe dances, I think I would do probably four of those. Let's see, there was treble jig hornpipe and oh i guess i guess maybe just three treble jig hornpipe and then a set dance you know if someone is just joining this program for some reason at this point they're gonna think those are porn terms because that i would have never guessed if, if you were telling me those terms i would have never guessed dance terms for yeah. any of those and the other thing I that i wrote down at a note is because now i'm going to go back and do more research i probably should have done before the show but like when you're talking about slightly different music. So now I want to go back and listen to see whether I can even tell the difference in the music. And see, that is one thing that I find difficult. That while I can appreciate the music, it's not something, it's not Megan the Stallion for me. If I hear Megan the Stallion come on, I'm going to start moving. That's just how my body works. And it did it for you was the, the music an enhancement, a detractor just didn't even play anything into it. Like when, it, when you'd go from a different sty style of music, cause that's what I want to look up. I want to see if my ear can even hear the difference. Do you think I'll be able to tell? Tell the difference between what? Well, you were talking about the musics, that it had different, like there were different oh. types of jig and that it was slightly different yeah. music. Would someone that's so not that's used like, to, would I even know the difference in the music? Would I be like, could, can you hear a song and go, oh, well, if someone was to dance, it would be this type of jig. Would you be able oh, to, yeah. you would. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cause I wouldn't I be able to do that. Would I, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, would I be able to even, you could tell that a certain dance needed to be done with the music. Would I even be able to tell the music was different, do you think? 
Um, it would take time. I mean, just like learning anything. So it's not uh, like and that, rock and, and roll. It's not like rock and roll and country where you're like, that's a country song. That's rock and roll. It's more like, so it, it's different. Great. It would be like, I don't even know how to say it, but it would be like different Sounds types. the same, but some feel faster and some feel slower. Okay. So like different types of rock and roll, like maybe a soft rock or a hard rock or something. So there, so it'd be, it, it would be slight variations, but of the same genre. Yeah. And okay. to a musician, I mean, you just basically say like, the tempo. I, right. I probably could have asked that question in a much easier and more efficient, clearer way, but I didn't want to. So you're so welcome. One of, one of my favorite things to do and another little fun gig I did for a couple years was um, if you've ever heard of the bar called Raglan Road, I they have had not. one power and light district here in Kansas City, a little Irish pub. And it's a chain. So they've got one in Orlando and a couple other big cities. Um, and so when they, when they open Raglan roads, like signature thing is that every Friday and Saturday night, they have an Irish dancer there and they have live, a live band and an Irish dancer. So uh, Raglan road was doing that here. And my friend Bridget was actually the original a dancer that they hired to do that. And you get up on this little tiny square table, like a little pub table. It's so it's high and it's small and you get up on this table and do like a one to two minute show for these people, like a dance for these people. And then you do that every hour for four or five hours and like the, the, the party night. Hmm. Um, and so Bridget, once she got really involved in, in her dance school, she was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. So she asked me to do it. So then I was that person for a few years and um, it was exhausting, but it was, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it stressed me out like crazy. Like I would get so anxious before I went. Cause you're just, you're totally on display. They had the whole place is dark. They have a spotlight on you and you're up on a freaking table. Right. But, um, see, and here's the weird thing about me. And I know it's when you, when, when you're describing that, I'm like, that is so weird. But if you would (laughs) have said, I'm at a, I'm at a dance club in a cage with a pole, I would have been awesome. So it's just the, it's just the, I mean, I mean, for anyone, not just you, I'm just talking about, you know, the perception of when you say that, like you say, you are especially the, you know, in the dark and with a spotlight, but you know, you're, it's basically like two minutes of, Hey, just look at me. Yeah. Have any mistakes during that time? You didn't take any tumbles or anything? Have any what? Did you take any tumbles from your pedestal or anything? No, but that was, that was the scariest thing. I mean, that's what you were always nervous about. I'm going to send you a picture after the podcast, um, I do have one of me up on the table and everyone's just sitting at their tables around me, just staring. And, you know, sometimes even in the tap shoot, the hard shoes, you go up on your toe and that fiberglass is super slippery right. to be up on your toe on. So it was always nerve wracking trying to do movements like that. I didn't do those a lot just out of fear that I would slip and like die because just fall straight so off that did table the, and onto Did Raglan Road, did they have any input on what you did in those two minutes, or did they just say nope. that so you could nope. do any type of dance you wanted to? 
I just brought my little CD of the songs that I was using and just told them which number to play. They turned it on. I got up on the table. Everybody started clapping and I do my little thing. And then I get down from the table. And then an hour later, I do it all over again. At some point, were there ever any crowds where you're like, you know what? I'm not giving 100% effort on this. Screw you all. No, I always... I always gave 100% effort, but there was one. Um, <laughs> there's always a but one. Well, no, there's one that was actually really awesome. And it was my first St. Patrick's Day where I did it. And I was there all freaking day. I did like 10 hours of this. And Well, and okay, dial it back a notch. You said you were only me. working like two minutes at a time, didn't you? Yes. Okay. But then you're but then you're sitting there like and people want to talk to you and so buy you just, drinks. Yeah. Whoo. It's still an exhausting day. And yes. so I wouldn't I wouldn't drink because I definitely would break an ankle if I did that. But you have to hang out there and so it's just a really long day and anyways, but there was this like super old like grandpa that came in with these really drunk guys and he was just so excited. He was so excited to see this Irish dancer. Like he, he's obsessed with, with Irish dance and he had no idea there was even an Irish bar there and he was just drunk from the whole day and it was towards the end of the night. And I was just exhausted and I was like, man, I'm going to give this guy a show. And so I danced my heart out and he, he's like, <laughs> to go back to your reference of like a cage and a pole, I mean, he's like holding up a hundred dollar bill, like waving it. And you were like, why haven't I been doing this all day next to the table? And I'm like, we need more 90 year old guys in here. Come on. Where are you at? Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how those guys, excuse me, want to part with their money. So he just, he just thought it was the best thing. And that was a really, that was a really fun day. So is that really the, the, so you're dancing on the table at Raglan's. Was that the last of your Irish dancing or do you still see and that's one thing that's weird you had mentioned earlier and I'd written down a note you had mentioned how you're always practicing and this is one thing that as just who I am sometimes I get tunnel vision and I don't I don't think about the peripherals because you would see young girls and even our daughter, you know, you'd go to the store and they're, they're behind their parents doing their dance moves and things. And you had mentioned that because I never thought about that. You know, I always think about you're just good enough to do that. Like Catherine's just good enough to do that dance. She doesn't need to practice. She just gets up and that's that's how she does it. So when you mentioned that, the, the practice earlier, did you do you ever get the urge now to just kind of do you do it when you're cleaning the house and just kind of break out in a little Irish jig? Um, no, but what I can say is that when I was younger, no matter where I was at, if I was sitting in the car or sitting at school, sitting anywhere, my fingers were tapping or I was kind of tapping my toes or moving my feet like you know, you're kind of just practicing in your head. Right. Um, and I was constantly doing that. And I still do that. I, I probably remember a lot of my dances just because it's still always in my head. Right. But I don't physically like get up with my whole body and do it. It's just 
like the memory of it. So I guess. how how long was the last time before you? How how long has it been since the last time you just went full force and you were just for what whatever the reason, whether it was to show off for some friends? Because that's actually a pretty cool talent. Because I don't know how few people probably know how to Irish dance, but I, I figure the number is fairly low that can do it efficiently. Like I could say I'm Irish dancing and make my my legs look like they're about to fall off, but it's not Irish dancing. So, when was the last time you just wowed whatever crowd it was? You just went full bore on Irish dancing. I think it was 2012 or 2013, which was um, back when I was doing the table dancing at Raglan Road. That was kind of... See, you should have started with table dancing at Raglan Road. We should have started the whole... We The listeners would have been like, what, table dancing at Raglan Road? I'm, I'm going to listen to this one. <laughs> you don't think we captured anyone with the history of Irish dance? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe one. So, do you think you could do it now? I mean, if someone said, we... We really have to, I can't even think of a reason, but let's just say that someone said you need to do a performance tomorrow. Could you do it? Would you physically be able to do it? Or is it something that requires that daily, I have to do this every day or I'm going to break? Um. So I think I would remember the rhythm and the movements, but I'd would have your to body do it. My- I, yeah, I'd have to retrain my ankles, one, to move that way. And um, also, I don't know if I would have the stamina. So and that, I will let people know. And now that we're 50 minutes into the show, I probably should have let people know earlier of how I learned of your competitive dance background is the first time we met, we were talking and you had come from tennis. And so I, I was asking you about tennis and you had said that you had recently picked it up. And to me, it meant that you probably were leaving something competitive and you needed, because I, I understand that. I mean, I, I understand going from a sport that maybe I get too old for, like basketball, or I get a fake knee and I can no longer play. And then you go to something else because you need to, to feed that part of you, whatever that is. So that's how I found out you did competitive Irish dances. I go, well, did you do something before that led you to, to tennis? And that's how we learned about this. And I will tell you, I may have more questions for you, which would lead you to be the third time guest, first third time guest, because I may have more questions about Irish dancing after we've done all this talking. Oh, yeah, I'm open to follow-up questions. And I think we talked about um, doing tennis sometime, too. We do, because now <clears throat> you have a burgeoning tennis career. How's yeah. that going, by the way? I didn't have I didn't have any in between, really. I I really didn't do a whole lot of active things except for bar hopping. I guess between um, 2012 and that's still that's still an activity. My late twenties. That is still a a very good activity. So how is how is tennis going? You're you still enjoying it as greatly as you did when we first met? Yes, um, I'm playing the league semifinal match on Tuesday coming up. So, so, so do you do a lot of scout? Do you know who you're, you're playing on Tuesday? We're playing another club, um, in town, Genesis Overland park. 
and those ladies are pretty intense so it'll it'll definitely it's definitely a match i'm a little nervous about that i'm trying to make sure i'm prepared so for. so is this are you doing doubles then Yep, doubles. Okay, so this will be, if you if you all made it to the 51-minute mark, thank you very much for making it to the 51-minute mark, but this will give you a hint of next time Catherine will be on because I want to learn about tennis too. I never played competitive tennis. I have always been one. I am, well, I consider myself an alpha. I always want to be the best and not only be the best at what I do, but destroy everyone else and everything that I do. But I'm also very self-aware. So, like, I didn't play chess a lot when I was growing up because I was very aware that I wasn't as good as my grandfather. I didn't play tennis growing up because my dad was a very good tennis player. And so I never got into it. I never got into bowling either. My dad was a state champion in bowling. But when I would go I out and play. I thought your mom was the one that did tennis. What's that? I thought your mom was the one that did tennis. No, is it my, uh, or my dad did tennis, but his brother was uh, played for OU back in the 50s. So he was on the tennis right. team there. My dad was a very good tennis player. And that was why I never wanted to play tennis with him is because he, and, and bowling. I never wanted to bowl with him. And it was funny because I always thought I liked bowling. And then so when I got married, I was like, oh, well, they like bowling. So I'm going to fit in real well. And they're all amazing. My wife was two-time uh, intramural champion at Wichita State. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to get to three digits in bowling, and they're all like, okay. Come on, buddy. Let's go. Do you want the bumpers up? So I want to hear about your tennis because when whenever I played tennis, I only played with my cousin or my best friend, and it was more like catch because we were so bad it looked like we were playing tennis, but we were literally just trying to see how many volleys we could do back and forth. Yeah. So I wasn't very competitive in that, so I want to hear about that. I want to hear. So if you win Tuesday, when are the championships? Because you said semifinals are Tuesday? Yeah, the following Tuesday. I don't know. Basically, on our our team, we have, I think, seven ladies. And um, so not everyone plays each match. We're kind of selected uh, who's going to play each match. Right. So I don't know if I'll be one of the two playing the finals or not, but I'm... I'm definitely going to try to get us get our well, team to the that, finals. I would think if finals. you guys get you got, I would yeah, I would have a. I'd be like if I got us here, I'm playing because I wouldn't want to get us there and lose. Now it's just me, and I don't like to lose. So. But <laughs> I'm so, not captain of the team, so I don't. Yet I don't get you're not captain of the team. Yet. I am co-captaining a second team. I'm picking up a second team on Thursday nights um, come spring, summer. So. so I don't want to use up all of our tennis questions here, but how often do you play in a week now? Um, A little less since I've been traveling a lot lately. But, I mean, in, when I'm not traveling, I try to be up there at least four times a week, if not maybe five. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we'll talk about that on our, our third visit. So, and hopefully you'll yeah. have some championship news at that point as well. Hopefully. Gosh, yes. I, I hope I don't have to tell everyone I lost. Yeah. Um, you, you can, you can blame it on the people that played in the finals. If that's the case, we'll be none. Well, I do have, I do have one last kind of plug for Irish dance. Okay. What is that plug the, for Irish dance? The one, the one thing I think a lot of, um, parents should know out there is that I would say 
that, and maybe it was my teacher, but I think it has a lot to do with just Irish dance itself. Um, it is so, it is so disciplined. It, I don't know. It, it made me a more disciplined person, more independent. Like, I think it just instilled a lot of like the qualities that a lot of kids aren't being taught these days. Um, and you think that's because of the strict nature of the, because it is a traditional dance that it's very rooted in. There's no deviation on this. There's no, we're yes. going to update this to 2022 standards or something like that. And every teacher I've met now, my friend Bridget is really sweet, but when she's in the studio, it's like, we're very serious. I mean, we're really trying to make championship Irish dancers. So you're there and you're working really hard and you're listening and the expectations are incredibly high. So it does, it just, yeah, it teaches you a lot more than just Irish dance. And I would say that that's helped me in my adult life, just be a more mature, like functioning adult, because I have all that discipline that I learned through Irish dance. So I think it's really a great thing for kids to get into, whether they're going to move on to championship competition or not. I, I still think it's gives a great life thing skills. to be involved with. And it's, and it's fun when you go to the festivals and stuff like that and listen to the music. I mean, it's just, the yeah. Irish community is pretty great. See, and here's another follow-up question on that. So when you go to a competition, what, I, and I had asked earlier about competitions and I, because I am a stoner and I jump around, you had said that there weren't very many competitions, there, there were none here in Kansas City. So where were you traveling to those competitions? How far were you having to travel? Yeah, so the closest one was in St. Louis. Uh, There were several schools out there. And um, so there was always one in February. There was always one in July. And there was always one in August. And so most of us would do all three of those just because those were the easy easy trips to make. Right. Um, And they were in our region. But I got I mean, we had a list of our teacher would give us a list of all of the registered competitions at the beginning of each year. And I would say that list was probably like 30 different competitions all over the country. I could have gone to New York if I wanted to. Right. Well, if I, if I, if my parents wanted to take <laughs> me to New York for that, um, the farthest I went, let's see, we did a lot of St. Louis. I did two Chicago competitions usually every year. Um, Cause those were back to back weekends um and then i went to austin i went to now, Park. are any of those Colorado. were any of those invite like are there any like invitational one like or can you just see it and then anyone can if you're an irish dancer and you see there's a competition you can apply or register you can or, register as long as you pay and then each each um so the competition, the Gaelic word for that is actually fesh, F-E-I-S, uh-huh. fesh. Um, if you registered for a fesh, you would get in until they met the cap. So they would always have a cap of the number of dancers they could have just for organizational purposes. Um, so if you missed the cap, you couldn't do that competition. Okay, But, but the- if you signed up, you went in. The only invitational ones were, um, you know, depending on how you, if you place a uh, first or second in various levels. Once you get to a certain level, if you place first or second in all of your dances, then you get invited to the regional championships. 
So you had to be invited to any of the championship competitions. Um, so there were regional, national, and world. Right. Okay. I only made it ever as far as regionals. And how, how did you do it regionals, or do you want to talk about it? Horrible. One, the first year I had mono, <laughs> so I had, I could barely even just like perform. I had no energy to even right. stand up. So um, that year went really bad. And the next year, I didn't make um, the final cut for worlds, but I was in. I don't even remember what place, but I was happy with my place that I made. That's like awesome. Top half, top half or something. So that's awesome. That, that was good enough. That's so cool. So I am so glad that we got to talk about this because I love learning about new things. And even I'm though really I was impressed with you, I was like thinking about this, like how is he going to come up with an hour's worth of questions about Irish dance? I know, and right? Here we are. I know. And I think I could still come up because, and I do have a tendency to jump around. I mean, that's welcome to my world or anyone that's in my, I guess, my orbit. So I had no, you're very easy to talk to. So I was, I was very much looking forward to this. And, you know, also sometimes I have to, I do have questions that I write down and I'm ready. And I, I do have a game plan when we go in into an interview, but I generally will throw it out the door fairly quickly because I have so many questions that come up and I'm the type that if something comes up, I will ask that question immediately, which kind of detours it. So I apologize if I jumped around, but I still have questions and I'm glad that I did because, you know, you made me think about, I don't even, I can't even tell you the last time I thought about clogging. With my grandparents, because now I can picture that in my mind, even though it was 40 plus years ago. I can picture wherever we were in Asheville, North Carolina with my grandmother and grandfather. I can remember how the sun, the sky, I remember everything about that. But I also remember their dancing. And when we when you started describing your Irish dancing, it, it put that picture. So that's why I wanted. So I love talking to you. It's 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 so much fun. I, I think we're going to have to do a tennis show before we're going to be able to come back around to Irish dance. And I feel really bad because I feel like we're going to end up just totally ignoring your career, but we can always mention every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. As if we open with that each time, the, then we'll be good. Enough. So, and if yeah. anyone has made it to pass the hour mark, thank you all for listening. And it's Catherine at, MalferKC.com, which is M-A-L-F-E-R-K-C.com. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. I just wanted to give you one more plug. So, Real estate or Irish dance questions. Or tennis. Or tennis. Yeah. See, you just keep adding to your your quiver there the things that you, you know, people are just going to, oh, she's just a real estate agent. Oh, just Irish. You have it all. You are one of those multi-tool players they would talk about in sports. So congratulations on being named that by me. Oh, thanks. Eh, I do what I can. (laughs) So, Catherine, thank you so much for being on the program. I hope to have you on again sometime soon to talk about where your tennis career is at. Oh, and I am going to ask a question because I'm thinking about it now. It has to do with tennis, and I probably won't remember next time. Yep. Currently, we're in Kansas City, and it's cold as balls. You play indoors. When when it gets warm out, will you transition to outdoors or will you continue to be indoors? Um, I'll be outdoors 
it'll I, I play at the same place. It's Elite Tennis and Wellness. Um, it's at 143rd and Metcalf in Overland Park. Uh-huh. And they just do the they they do domes over the courts for the winter. So then they just take oh, the, those down. The removable domes. Okay. I just didn't yep. know. And I knew I would forget to ask next time if you did that or whether it was just an inside thing. So cool. And I know there's probably some people that were just listening to this for Irish dance that are so pissed off at me right now for asking any tennis questions at all. They're probably feeling shortchanged and I feel bad for those people. I don't really feel bad for those people. That's why I cut in with that final Irish dance plug. Well, I I appreciate that. You probably saved the whole episode. So thank you so much, Catherine. Catherine, (laughs) I appreciate that. So You did great. Thank you. So I will talk to you again soon. Everyone else out there that's been listening to The Stone Genius or The Row Row Show with Stephen, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon.